Welcome to the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Are you considering a career change? Don't go it alone. Come, join the discussion, and listen as my mid-career guests discover and reveal their decision-making process to move from successful business jobs to consulting, entrepreneuring, or taking early retirement. Welcome to the show. My friend and guest, Fred Kendall, knew from early in his career that he wanted to live and work in Japan. He moved to Tokyo after college and learned the language before proceeding to enjoy a decades-long successful career, first in the automotive industry and later in the brand and ad agency side of the business. Midway through, he discovered a yearning for more freedom and decided a career pivot was needed. Listen as Fred describes the joys of not one, but two careers thus far in his journey. Welcome to the show, Fred. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Pretty good. So, uh, so tell me about your background. What are some of the highlights uh, in your career? Geez, I've been working for probably close to, let's see, 82 till now, close to 40 years, I guess. The highlights are I probably split a third of my career in the States and uh, two-thirds working in Japan. And the other split probably is uh, spent about the first 20 years of my career working for manufacturers, primarily card companies. And then the last 20 years I've spent working for ad agencies. And then most recently, I made another change by joining um, Amazon, which I suppose is sort of in between the two. Yeah, I've got a I graduated in 1981 from Wabash College, went to work in Japan for like uh, eight years for an affiliate of Toyota, then went back, got my MBA in Seattle, University of Washington, worked for Toyota in the States for quite a while, and then came back to Japan in 2000 and have remained in Japan ever since. Um, Fair to say you're fluent in Japanese? Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, spent a lot of time studying and using Japanese. <laughs> Good. Had that been your dream? Uh, I always wanted to go into international business and to live overseas. So I could say, yeah, since uh, I was in, in Wabash College, living overseas was part of the the dream and aspiration for me. Oh, that's good. And I, did, you, uh, did you happen to marry a Japanese uh, woman? You know, it's funny. I, I get asked... Virtually every foreigner male in Japan who's been here a long time is married to a Japanese national. In my case, my wife is Japanese-American, but she's from Hawaii, third generation. And uh, she's actually quite American, but looks Japanese. What would you count as the dominant first phase of your career? You know, it's funny. is uh, One of the ways I tracked my career was pretty much it's been my job is also dictated where we lived at. So the first, as I alluded to earlier, first eight years, I was working for a supplier to Toyota and living in Japan. Then I worked for Toyota in the United States and Southern California. Then I moved back to Japan to work for an ad agency on global Nissan matters and then continue on in the agency world until very recently. So it's sort of punctuated two ways. One is one vector would be where we've lived at, whether it's Japan or the United States. 
And the other vector has been the type of industry I've worked in, whether it's been um, manufacturing or in advertising and the marketing agency world. So if you if you think about the um, the shift from, let's say, automotive into agency, which has been uh, maybe a decade or more ago, uh, that had to be uh, something you thought about and didn't just fall into. Uh, tell me about that when you when you shifted from kind of heading in one direction, manufacturing, we'll say, and then started off in another direction, agency, because those don't, those have some similarities, but not a lot of overlap. Yeah, I guess one of the good fortunes I've had is that I studied marketing, marketing strategy, marketing analytics in graduate school. And then I was able to apply that when I joined Toyota in the United States. When I switched to the agency side, I basically was using the same discipline, the same professional discipline, but I was working for the advertising agency instead of the client, which would be a, a Toyota type of company. Changing roles or you know, going to the other side of the table, as some friends would say, going from being the, um, the sheepdog to the sheep is... Um, <laughs> It's a rather interesting change and actually um, creates a, a situation where you need a different mindset. Tell me more about that. that. Well, I think the shift in mindset is when you're working in a, a major company, say like a Toyota, and a major large manufacturing uh, type of enterprise, roles are very well defined and the um, organization you know, basically is a series of interlocking boxes and people with responsibilities. So you have a very defined role within the organization. In the advertising agency world, it's the exact opposite. Roles are fairly undefined or fairly loose. And um, there's a lot more opportunity to be much more entrepreneurial and to act within a broader range. So a lot of times when you're like in a mid-level management position in a manufacturing concern like a Toyota or something, you're frequently given a series of tasks and then you're expected to execute against them. In the advertising agency world, you're frequently not given a task, but you have to figure out what those tasks are and then execute is the way that you see is most effective. So as you were in the midst of that shift or that pivot, what, uh, how would, what would you characterize that you were pursuing or what was appealing to you about going into agency was that uh uh it sounds like maybe freedom to get out of the box to kind of quote you uh into a little bit more range of motion is, is that how you would cast that well it's ironic because there's before the fact and there's after the fact because i i think with a lot of things in life is uh, you sort of jump in the water and then after you jump in you figure out how deep it is how strong the current is or how cold it is in most cases. Uh, in this case, I didn't really appreciate the, um, the shift in, or the change in terms of entrepreneurial type initiative that was required till after I joined the agency. That was one of the big learning points for me. Word has it that a lot of people don't do very well in changing from client side to agency side. Most people don't uh, succeed there. That was uh, one change for me. The other change was when I took that job was working in 
the U.S. to coming back to Japan, but also working on a turnaround of Nissan Motors. And so there was, and that was a change I was very well aware of, because at that time in 1999-2000, Renault bought a major interest in Nissan, which was failing at the time, and was engaged in a turnaround, and I joined the team to help affect that. And that was a massive challenge that was quite stressful in the beginning, but until recently, very successful. That part of the the shift, I was intellectually, professionally, um, psychologically prepared for quite a bit. And uh, it was a it was a great experience for me working on that turnaround. That's good. That's good. So, so as you think about kind of this uh, second half of your career in agency work, uh, as you said, the things that you thought before you made the shift versus looking back now, uh, has this seemed like the right choice? Did it, have you been satisfied? Were you satisfied in agency work? Uh, what would you say were the key attributes that were most appealing in this second half of your career? It's funny. It's, uh, when you ask the question if it's a right choice or not, I suppose in hindsight, it doesn't matter if it was the right choice or, choice or not because <laughs> it, because it was done. <laughs> and I have to live with the consequences of it. That's having a good said point. That, <laughs> yeah. Having said that, um, I guess I feel lucky. And and I, I do think you keep make or if it was me, I would keep making changes until I found it was the right choice and I was satisfied. I think the pros for me making this the change from working client side to working agency side, one of the pros was breadth of experience and the opportunity to be more independent, more entrepreneurial. That was a, a huge pro. Perhaps one of the downsides is uh, less job security. Uh, you're living much more on the edge, on the agency side. And uh, But I'm a bit Darwinistic in, type, in terms of my thinking. So for me, living on the edge is sort of the only way to survive and to be effective and competitive. I think that was good. In terms of the job I took, the working on a turnaround like the Nissan turnaround is sort of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's an opportunity that I think few people have a chance to do. And and it's and I told my wife at the time that I thought it was something that I couldn't turn down. And, and frankly, I'm glad I didn't because I learned a lot from it, experienced a lot from it. And it's helped create the person that I am today. I'm 61 and I just joined Amazon and uh, set me on this path where, you know, I can keep going as long as I want to go, I think. Well, so I think you've maybe already answered, but any regrets about uh, the journey that we call a career? Mm, regrets. I think everyone has tons of regrets. I wish, in some ways, I wish I worked harder when I was younger, but I may not have become the person that I am today if I changed that. So mm. regrets are sort of hard because if you change what you did in the past, it changes your outcome. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> And so I'm not sure if it would, if me working harder when I was younger would make me a better person or more successful at what I am. Turn it a little bit, shape the question a little bit differently, maybe, and say uh, for others who are not 61 years old uh, and uh, in the twilight of their career, what advice would you give to others who 
maybe are thinking about uh, they'd like to spend their career in Japan or they'd like to uh, do some things in manufacturing and then go into agency. What what advice would you give to others who may be thinking about making a change? The first thing, and actually we're chatting about this a little earlier, is I, I, I sort of take objection to the, uh, the concept of twilight of your career. Because I, I do believe, and maybe this is naive on my part, that your career can be as long as you want it to be. And just because you're 60, 50, 40, I think age doesn't have a lot of relevance in many ways. If The only thing it's perhaps an indicator of is how much experience they have or how much mileage you have on the odometer. So in my case, if possible, I would like to continue working for a significantly longer amount of time. But to accomplish that, I think, and this is what I'm going to try to get around to answering your question, to accomplish that and to have longevity of shelf life, some of the advice I would give falls into a couple different buckets. One is, I think, for a younger person, is you have to develop multiple skill sets. You can't, mm. you can't be a one-trick magician. So, for example, when I was first working here in my early 20s, I learned Japanese fairly quickly. That's something a young person can do fairly easily is learn another language. But just speaking two languages doesn't make for a good businessman. So I went back and got my MBA and focused on, before big data was popular, focused on analytics and number crunching from a marketing perspective. And doing that was like adding another tool to my tool belt, which is being able to understand marketing and marketing strategy from a research and database perspective, which is quite helpful for me to, to have a sort of a numbers orientation on things. Then perhaps the third skill I developed, and that, this one came over time and maturity, is the ability to manage and work with people. And why I say that comes with time is the first thing is you, I think a person has to be as mature. And mm. once you're mature and comfortable in your own skin, you can listen, really listen to other people without being put on the defensive or being threatened by it. For example, in my last 10 or 15 years of working, and it's really important when you live overseas, is the ability to listen to other people. And be able to make an objective judgment of what's smart, what's not smart, and, you know, what's worth pursuing, et cetera. And uh, this listening skill has become really important for me as, as I've gone on in my career. And then it's also correlated with the fourth one, which is uh, because I'm comfortable with myself and my role, is I can focus more on developing the team and others. And... Mm. Um, and I'm and I'm unthreatened by the people or the environment around me for the most part. So I come into a new job and I've changed jobs about once every four or five years on average throughout my career. As I've gotten older, I come into a new job and I, I look at everybody as being good. And I give everybody my trust. And then I let water find its own level, so to speak. And so <laughs> it, it gives people a chance you know, I, I give people a chance in the team's chance to really prove what they can do and, um, and who they are. And I think 
people who work with me find me to be very fair that way. And, and because I give trust, it's easier for them to trust me. I don't think you can expect people to trust you without giving trust. And as a leader, you have to, especially in a new person in an organization, I think you're in a situation where you have to make the first gesture. And that requires a lot of self-confidence and assuredness. Kind of like uh, let them prove themselves unworthy. Exactly. Versus but, the other know, way around. Start, if you start in a positive light, people are much more comfortable than as opposed to the negative side of things. Plus, I'm not a very good policeman. If I start questioning everybody <laughs> and downing everyone, and then you have to start micromanaging every decision, it quickly becomes a nightmare and you become bogged down in details. It doesn't work. Yeah. 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 Well, good for you. That's, uh, I, I, I quite agree with the style and, and, uh, uh, starting out by trusting people makes for a much healthier environment and certainly more fun because, uh, yeah. everybody has a, a shot, whether they, whether they deserve it or not, they have a shot. And then, and then you go from there and uh, the ones that are not worthy, uh, prove it out. And then you can make changes based on real data as opposed to somebody else's, your predecessor's opinion, which isn't yeah, always exactly. accurate. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, good. That, uh, that, that's terrific. It sounds like uh, a wonderful career. It sounds like a lot of fun things to work on and, uh, a lot more to come based on your yeah. characterization and gosh, to be at Amazon, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's terrific. And, uh, launches you in yet another direction, which, uh, will only expand the number of things you uh, have a chance to work on. Yeah. I look at it as another opportunity to learn and grow. And, um, which is also really important in this day and age is to keep learning. And maybe that's one of the things I didn't emphasize enough earlier is that if you don't keep learning throughout your career, you're going to become dated really quickly, especially with the way things are changing. Well, thanks for joining us today, Fred. Thank you, Dan. It was great to chat. My thanks to Fred for sharing his insights and experiences. With two successful stops on his journey, he's not done yet. Amazon is his next challenge and will likely yield more opportunities for discovery as his career continues. This brings us to the end of the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out via email, dan.relationshipsmatter at gmail.com. And remember, as my dad always said, the fun is in the run.